Have you been struggling on your interviews? Are you not getting the results that you want? My course, my book, my Kindle book, the Ultimate Job Interview Framework will help you dramatically improve your performance. Now, if you'd like the course, it's a video course that I offer through Udemy. You can order it at TheBigGameHunter.us or as a paperback or Kindle book on Amazon. What the course will teach you is really very simple. The best question to ask on an interview and when to ask it. How to answer the question, tell me about yourself, far better than anyone else would ever answer it. In addition, you'll be able to tell stories that connect the dots with the interviewer about how your background fits the role and be able to ask questions that are going to allow you not to step into the minefield that you've been in too many times before in your job search and in your career. So again, it's called the Ultimate Job Interview Framework. It's available on Udemy. That's U-D-E-M-Y dot com. Uh, or you could go to my course directly at TheBigGameHunter.us forward slash interviews. Again, available inexpensively as a course or as a paperback or Kindle book on Amazon. Now let's get back to the show. WF Job Search Advice Radio, episode 2081. I'm your host, Jeff Alvin, the Game Hunter, and welcome. Today is a 30 minute interview with Kate Dixon about salary negotiation mistakes people make much too often. I know she's right on the money with a lot of this stuff. It's worth becoming conscious of because, frankly, so often negotiations end up in the wrong place because the job hunter doing their own negotiating makes mistakes. Hope you find this helpful. Hope you give it a great review wherever you listen to the show. And we'll be back in just one moment. Support for today's show comes from CareerFitter. CareerFitter is a site where they give you a 60-question test takes about 10 minutes and out of that they're going to give you recommendations basically for your ideal business environment a team building approach career matches work strengths income potential based upon job matching preferred communications uh, methods weaknesses that you may have a whole host of things they'll give you a free report they have a premium report as well Quality service recommended by Forbes, Psychology Today, and quite a few others. So use the link in the show notes. It will help you start to figure out some of the things you might consider with a new career. And if you hire me to coach you, I'll give you a little bit of a discount and reimburse you for some of the cost of the premium uh, report. Because it will help us both with coaching. And now, let's get going. So my guest today is Kate Dixon, author of Pay Up, Unlocking Insider Secrets of Salary Negotiation. She's the principal and founder of Dixon Consulting, a leadership development and total rewards consultancy, specializing in salary negotiation, coaching, compensation solutions, a whole bunch of stuff. And I'll simply say a professional. And we're going to be talking today about salary negotiation and how to do it better. Kate, welcome. Thanks for making time today. So, so glad to be here. How did you get into this? Was it a direct offshoot of compensation work? 
Well, it's kind of this weird amalgamation of compensation because I've done compensation inside of big companies for a lot of years, let's just say that. Um, but I'm also a certified coach and I love working with people to create solutions and so they can do things better than they could before. And um, so it's kind of a magical, fun com uh, combination there and I love it. I love my side of it. I come out of the search profession and I try to help people avoid making the mistakes that they tend to make all the time mm -hmm. by being amateurs at this. Yeah. And it's, I mean, you don't really want to be in a position where you get great at it because that's as you're switching jobs a lot, right? But, um, but you know, it, so let me be the, the expert. Let you as, as a search professional be the expert and then, you know, then you don't have to be. And thus, folks, initially, we're going to talk about the mistakes job hunters make in their negotiation. And thus, from there, move into some of the things and ways you can avoid those mistakes and just do it a heck of a lot better. Absolutely. So we've got a top 10 list to work with. Yes. And we're starting with 10 and working down. So number 10. I'm so excited. So number 10, the most... Um, the worst mistake that, that people can get, starting with number 10, um, approaching your negotiation like a cage match. So, you know, obviously not a cage match. I always recommend to my clients to approach it like a collaboration because it is a collaboration. Uh, it's a business transaction. We'll talk about that a little bit later too, but it's, it's a collaboration. You're gonna be working with the person that you're negotiating with. If it's an HR person or a recruiter, or if it's a hiring manager, you're, you're working with them. And you know, you're, you're gonna be asking them for some concessions for things that you want. And in order to make sure that they feel good about advocating on your behalf, you can't be setting it up, you know, I win, you lose, you know, there's, uh, you know, trade-off, it's a death match. No, don't do that. And it reminds me of the famous line from The Godfather, where it's not personal, it's all business. It's all business. And people, and people take it personally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's another one of the mistakes on the top 10 list too, but yeah. Ooh, I'm sorry, I tipped that one yeah, off early. Yeah, you're just kind of, you know, foreshadowing. It's awesome. Ooh, it's coming attractions. <laughs> yeah. And, and that death match thing, you know, do it or else. Yeah. Now, how does that tend to come across in people's attitudes in the negotiation? Well, you know, it, it's interesting because if, you know, if they get really defensive, um, you know, when you set it up as a, a conflict, um, people tend to get really defensive and they, you know, do take things more personally and they may, you know, get a little bit more angry. I just had an executive client the other day who um, came to me because he, in his last um, negotiation, he's a sales guy, right? So nobody better than sales guys to do negotiations. But he said that in his previous negotiation, um, he had gone, you know, hammer and tong, full cage match, um, and, you know, he got everything he wanted, but he really damaged some relationships in the company that he went to. And, and so he came to me because he said, you know, I don't, I don't want to do that again. Um, I want to get what I want to get, but I don't want to damage the relationship in the process. And so, um, so we helped him get what he wanted and do it in a way that 
showed the kind of leader that he really is. Um, and then, you know, again, that really makes it so that he was stepping into the organization with some relationships already formed and they really understood what it would be like to work with him as a leader. And in joining an organization, he had damaged the, the potential for the halo that mm -hmm. new employees have when they join a firm. After all, a firm has spent a lot of time evaluating and assessing and putting their hopes upon you. And when you get in there with boxing gloves on and the hammer and, and every weapon in your arsenal, you know, they stop really getting excited about you being there. And they're going to yeah. exact a pound of flesh on the back end. Yeah, or, you know, or it just could be that they get more uncomfortable about the offer itself and all that kind of stuff. Now, I, I will say this, I have never seen in all of my years doing this, I've never seen anybody get their offer pulled for negotiating. You know, it just doesn't happen. Um, you know, sometimes the offer will get pulled if somebody, you know, uh, lies on their application or um, things like that. But I, you know, negotiating, no. And especially if you negotiate in a collaborative way, you really minimize your risk there. I mean, it just really, I, I, I've never seen it happen. I saw it happen one time, but it's very, very rare, of course. So what's the next one on our list? The next one is um, practicing what you're gonna say in your, in your head instead of out loud. Because um, <clears throat> I, I always advocate for people to really practice things out loud. It's a whole different ball game to have the words in your mouth and get kind of fluent with what you're going to say than it is, you know, you know hmm, I think I will say in my head, it's just, it's different. So you, you have to practice it out loud. And, um, you know, there's a reason that I can, you know, rattle off a lot of kind of normal responses to questions around salary negotiations, because I've practiced it a lot. And I practice it a lot with my clients. And um, yeah, I just, it's one of those things that people think, oh, well, I'll just think about it, and it'll be okay. And it really isn't. It never is. And that's, you know, this is part of what I do in interview coaching. You know, in interviews, yeah. most job hunters go to an interview and they wing it. Yeah. In contrast, every great athlete in the world practices and every entertainer and performer rehearses. Mm -hmm. The job hunters foolishly believe that they can walk into the interview and go, ta-da, I'm going to make up the answers off the top. Right. Well, and it'll make me be more authentic. And, um, and honestly, that's just kind of a myth, right? I mean, you know, when you practice what you want to say, you are, you know, you, you've figured out what you want to say. So that is authentically you. It's, and when you practice, you know, again, you're going to ratchet down that nervousness. Um, you're going to take some of the emotion out. And guess what? That's more authentic than not having a script and not having practiced it out loud. Whether we're talking about interviewing or salary negotiation, folks, I'm telling you, you're an amateur at these uh, crafts. And the more you rehearse your lines, the more you can connect and be authentic with the audience. It really does make a huge difference. Mm -hmm. okay. So what's the next one? So number eight. Yeah. Woohoo! Um, listening to your Uncle Hank or 
Uncle Bill or Uncle Bob or Aunt Betty or whoever it is. Now, you know, again, if, you know, if you're one of my nieces or nephews, certainly ask me about salary negotiation because people pay me for that, right? But unless you're going to pay somebody for their advice on this topic, you know, you, you probably don't want to listen to it because um, it, it's based on realities that may not be true anymore in the market. You know, if you're talking to somebody who's, you know, 20 or 30 years older than you and who hasn't kept up with the marketplace, they may not know. And they may be operating from a completely different set of understanding of, you know, the job market, pay, um, benefits, uh, you know, maybe your uncle Hank had um, a, a uh, retirement program that they didn't even have to pay into. So, you know, that's not the reality of today um, for 99.9% of people, right? Um, so you don't want to necessarily listen to every piece of advice that everybody's going to give you. Make sure you seek out expert advice. I mean, you're such a great expert in the, um, the job search process at large you're the kind of person that people should be listening to on that subject. I'm an expert when it comes to salary negotiation. You should listen to me. I'm telling you, I know this stuff. And thus folks, just remember, even if your uncle Hank owned a business and hired lots of people, they know what they looked for. Yep. They don't know what someone else looked for. And that's one of the mistakes that people make with talking to former managers, peers are the worst, because often peers know as little as the person that's asking the questions. But former managers, again, the same thing as I just said with Uncle Hank, they just know what they looked for. They don't have the breadth of perspective that someone like you or I have. Yeah. And, you know, one exception that I would say to that is, you know, if you're going into a company um, you know, absolutely talk to your peers about the benefits because that's one of the, you know, research shows that's one of the best ways to get information about benefits is through peers and who are actually using benefits, right? So if you, you know, your next door neighbor works for the company that you're interviewing for and you don't really understand um, how healthcare works there, yeah, go ahead and ask them. I mean, they may not have the answer, but if they do, it's probably going to be a lot more close to what you're looking for than maybe Uncle Hank. So, are we up to number seven? We are seven. All and right. This, you know, and you alluded to this a little bit earlier. Don't wing it. You know, oh my gosh, winging it is one of the worst mistakes that people make. And, you know, you, you cannot just go in there unprepared because this is really important. And, um, you know, I think a lot of people think, well, I should, you know, I'm at a certain level of the organization. I should be able to do this. Well, let me tell you, I get people, you know, all the way from recent college grads, all the way up to CEOs. And let me assure you that the CEOs are every bit as clueless about what they should be doing in a negotiation. Now, they may have some subtleties that um, recent college grads don't have, but, um, but it's, you know, don't wing it. Don't, don't say, oh gosh, I'm an executive. So I should just be able to go in there and ask for what I want. No, you want to make sure that you're prioritizing things that you've really thought about what you want to say that you have, you know, figure out the approach to your, um, negotiation. All of that stuff is very, very important. And the big mistake in, in, that they make is, so I should, <laughs> because 
And that goes back to the classic thing about assuming. And thus, you are the ass in the conversation. And it shows. Um, I tend to think about um, if you're not sure, pausing and going, I want to think about that and circle back to you before I make a commitment. And judging by that response, you think the same way. Yeah, I, I absolutely do. And, you know, if you have questions, you should be asking them. And and if you're not clear about something or you're not sure how it should land, you should take a moment. And, you know, I think it's the same thing in, in interviews as well. Um, you know, when people ask you a question and you just, you know, rattle off an answer without processing it, that can be dangerous, right? Exactly right. So number six. Number six. Number six mistake uh, that salary negotiation folks make is getting hung up on the little things. Now, this sounds like, oh my gosh, I need to negotiate every single thing in my package. Um, And I have actually seen people try to do that, which um, doesn't land well internally, I will tell you, having been on the opposite end of that. But um, but don't get hung up on the little things. You know, I have, uh, I, I knew an executive one time who um, was trying to negotiate his offer and I was on the inside of the company at the time. And, and, um, and he was comparing every single element that he had with every single element that he would get in the new place. And there was one um, very minor benefit. I think it was a gym membership benefit and he was really hung up on the fact that the new company um, benefit was like, I don't know, a couple hundred dollars less than the old company benefit. And, you know, yeah, that is the difference. And the entire package was going to be a magnitude better for him than the place that he came from. And so, you know, getting hung up on a couple hundred dollars on a half a million dollar package, that's dumb. And, you know, in in the grand scheme of things, you need to look at things holistically and you're not going to be able to get cherry pick every element from every thing that you're looking at, either the past or the present or the future or what you've heard. You can't assemble an offer like that because, you know, honestly, companies are making choices about um, the compensation and benefits that they offer. And those reflect the values of the company. And they can't make everything the best for, you know, over the course of the entire package. It just doesn't make fiscal sense for them. So don't get hung up on the little things. Now, the big things, absolutely, you should be negotiating those, you know, something that's a a big delta for you. um, Go for that. But now, little things, no, don't do that. It makes you look petty. And I, I was working with someone recently who I brought into a, a C-suite role. And, you know, the increase was like a 50% increase on his current mm-hmm. job. Mm-hmm. And his wife was beating him up to try and get him to deal with this trivial item. And I reminded him, and he reminded her, bulls make money on Wall Street. Bears make money on Wall Street. Pigs get slaughtered. Yeah. <laughs> yes, absolutely. So true. And that reminds me of what you just spoke about. So we're up to number five. We're halfway through. Woo-hoo. So, um, so being unclear. So if you are not clear about what it is that's important to you, um, what you want out of the negotiation, you know, 
you're going to be one of those pigs, you're going to get slaughtered. Um, it's, it's not going to go well for you. Um, and again, this kind of is a partner to the winging it one. Um, but, you know, again, you should be really prepared for this negotiation by really understanding it, what it is that's important to you. And, and it may not be the same thing that's important to your neighbor, but know what is important to you. So, um, you know, for most people, base pay is a big deal, um, and it happens to be the biggest part of their pay package until you get to, you know, pretty high levels in the organization. So, you know, if base pay is really important. That probably is one of the things that should make it to your list. Um, you know, maybe it's paid time off. A lot of folks are really, you know, centering in around paid time off or work-life balance, um, that kind of stuff. That is really important to them. They don't want to be working 80 hours a week. Um, so making sure that you're, you know, centering in around those things that are very important to you and negotiating those, or even selecting the companies and opportunities that you want based on the things that you are clear about, that's really going to help out, out a ton. You betcha. You know, in the work that I, I advise people about in constructing a search, mm -hmm. I ask them to answer the que a question for themselves. What's most important to you in the next job or organization? What will you need to see or hear to believe it's the right choice for yourself? And I ask them to make up as long a list as they like. And then from there, I ask them, prioritize them. Yes. Put it in order of what's most important down to the least important and fixate on maybe the top five or six as must haves. And maybe that's, uh, it sounds like you're, you're doing the same thing once you get to the negotiation, because it may actually be like, okay, I'm gonna review the original list and let's see if there are any changes in my thinking based upon what I've learned along the way. Yeah. And then bringing that into the negotiation. Absolutely. And, and some of the stuff that I, I teach people is really, you know, a little bit earlier in the process and more aligned with what you do. And I love the fact that we both have a same, similar approach, but, you know, there's, there are things about, you know, what I think about the total rewards package. I'm thinking about things that include like company culture and, and, you know, brand recognition and things like that, that are, um, that can be very, very important to people. Um, and, they're really not things that you can negotiate, um, but they are things that you can select opportunities based on. So, um, so yeah, so I think that that clarity, it really serves people well in both the job search and in negotiation. You betcha. Number four? Number four. So um, spending just a couple of minutes on the offer materials that are sent to you. So <laughs> that is a huge mistake. Um, <laughs> And what's, I think this is so funny. People think that, okay, it's just, it's all about the conversation and the letter is just no big deal. And what I find is that people who don't read their offer letter don't do as well in negotiations because sometimes they're asking questions that are clearly answered in the offer letter or in the materials that come with the offer letter, which can be things like the um, a relocation policy or the benefits, um, you know, that a lot of places really want to explain how benefits work and what the premiums are and all that kind of jazz. So make sure you read all of that stuff. Spend more than two minutes. This is a big deal. So you're really going to want to do the research that you need in order to create your strategy on what to go after. And if the firm sends you a contract to review uh, after they make the offer, get it to an attorney. Mm -hmm. Don't fool around with this kind of stuff. You can do a skim and ask the attorney questions, but make sure you have an attorney to help you just 
ask some of the precise questions to ensure that you're not missing anything. Yeah, you know, I think, you know, you're so right because one of the worst things that people can do when they're negotiating their pay is to make, make assumptions um, and think that things are going to work the way that they've always worked for them in the past, or they, they don't know what they're getting into. And, you know, those, those employment agreements or NDAs or, you know, all, all kinds of things like that, which are, again, more common in um, higher level jobs. But, you know, I just helped a client this weekend um, negotiate her uh, offer and it was a, a first job out of school kind of situation. And the offer letter that she had was 22 pages. And most of that was, you know, legal stuff. And, you know, uh, you know it was crazy. And I, I, you know, of course, uh, referred her to an attorney, but, um, but that's like serious stuff. And you, when you sign it, you're agreeing to it. So you better know what it is. Including some folks are in a position where they have to sign a non-compete. And in the non-compete, how long are, are they going to pay you during the non-compete? What will they pay you? Mm-hmm. Can you afford to do that? Everyone goes into marriage with best intentions. I know I'm on my third wife <laughs> and she's, she's the best one. No question. We've been married for more than 20 years, but a lot of marriages end in divorce and certainly yeah. professional marriages end in divorce. Yeah, I, I totally agree. What's the next one? Is this number three? Number three. So the number three mistake is giving away your power in order to be perceived as nice. <laughs> so, and this is something that I don't see in my, um, my male um, clients as much as I see in my female clients. Um, this is really something that um, women especially and people of color um, also are socialized to not make a ruckus and, you know, just be grateful that you have an offer and um, that sort of thing. And, you know, I had a client um, about a year ago who, you know, amazing talent. I mean, amazing person. And, um, and she was moving from one great company to another great company. And, you know, we had talked about salary and all this kind of stuff. And, and she said, you know, I, I just, I, it's a great offer and I should just accept it because I don't want them to think I'm not nice. And I was like, you hired me for a reason. So let's make sure we're doing this thing. Right. And, and so, you know, we talked about a strategy, we got her on board and, um, and she wound up increasing her offer by multiple tens of thousands of dollars because you know she did it she did it in a kind way but she didn't give up her power in the negotiation because you know you're never going to have the negotiating power that you have with a company that you have right before you get your offer signed right i mean this is this is the time to ask for what you want exactly you'll always get it but you know Nothing ventured, nothing gained. Correct. Number two, I'm sorry. There's a a study that was done, um, you know, last year that said basically of people who ask for more money in a negotiation like this, over 80% get some sort of, some sort of benefit to their offer. Um, And that's pretty good odds. Now it's not saying that everybody will. I mean, um, I have had, I have had a client who didn't get more. Um, because it was an entry-level job and, you know, they, they weren't able to negotiate, but, um, 
but they have, you know, they went through the process, they got, they gained in the process, they gained some new skills. So I'm confident that those are going to um, come back to help her later. But yeah. Without a doubt. Okay, next to last one, number two. Number two, this is a big one. Uh, taking things personally. This is such a huge mistake. People take things personally in salary negotiations and it's not personal. It's a business transaction. And the more emotional distance that you can get um, from you know, taking things personally, uh, the better you're gonna do in negotiations. I was just helping a client um, earlier this week uh, negotiate between um, negotiating a higher uh, offer with her current company and negotiating a new offer at a different company. And, um, and she was able to kind of take the emotion out and not be quite as tied to the outcomes. And she got brilliant solutions in both places. And now it's gonna be a little bit hard for her to make a choice, but, you know, again, the, taking the emotion out, taking, you know, not taking things personally can have some absolutely stunning results for you. You betcha. I'm going to add one piece to this. Sometimes people have a wife, husband, or partner who really wants them to do such and such. Mm -hmm. And because they're now worked into this and they think, and you got to slow down the freight train that's them. And say, yeah. Please relax. Yeah. I got this. I'm going to do the best that I can. Yeah, but, yeah. and you know, there's this advocacy that goes on. You're not evaluating your worth properly and all sorts of, I consider these curse words. Mm -hmm. They get thrown at you that make you feel small that are actually quite useless Yeah. and quite well, damaging. And, you know, this is another reason that you, you shouldn't take advice from people who are really close to you because, you know, they have different priorities and they're, you know, they want you to be safe they want you to be, you know, they want other people to realize your value the same way they realize your value. And of course, they think you're valuable. They married you. And, you know, that's all great and good. And it's really hard to separate that stuff out. And, and you know, it's, it's again, it's a business transaction. It's not personal. And um, the more you can remember that, the better you'll do. And thus, number one... Number one, the number one mistake that people make when negotiating their pay is accepting the offer on the spot. Don't do that. You deserve the opportunity to really reflect. You know, remember we said don't, you know, spend more than two minutes on your offer letter. Um, it, you, you have to make sure that you are um, taking the time that you need to really understand what you're you know, what you're getting into. It's so easy to get swept up in the moment. Oh my God, I love you. Let's get married. Oh, wait, you know, let me just take a second. Review the dowry. <laughs> Look at the dowry. How many goats and sheep am I getting? <laughs> yeah, you know, and, 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 and go into that relationship with a clear mind. And, you know, when you accept, I want you to accept the job really understanding what you're walking into because you I mean again I've had clients who come to me after they didn't do this um and you know it, it's really hard um to to walk into a situation you know accept the job on the spot you feel really great about it and you may not find out for 
a couple of months or even a couple of years in the case of some people who I know who uh, didn't really look at their equity agreements, um, you may not know right away that you've given up things that you didn't intend to or you accepted things that weren't really appropriate. And if you had known, you would have negotiated them. So don't accept on the spot. Make sure you're doing your research. Take a moment and um, and, and, you know, really, I tell people don't really celebrate. I mean, it's great when you get the offer in writing and stuff. That's awesome. But really, you shouldn't be celebrating until you get everything negotiated and you have the new terms in writing, in writing, get a new offer letter. If they won't give you a new offer letter, get them to put it on an email, but make sure that you know exactly what everybody's agreed to. And one of the little tricks that I know shows up from time to time is the search firm or the recruiter going into the final interview says, will say something to the effect of, so if they make the offer at this amount, do I have your okay to accept? Right. Or if the HR person, the organ, so if I get that amount of money, do I have your okay to accept the offer? And judging by the smile on your face, uh, you've heard this little dance before. The client that I've been working with this week actually had that happen. And, you know, she just kept going back to them and say, I can't accept anything until I see the offer letter in writing and, you know, make sure that we're all aligned on terms. And she just kept, I mean, I think this is the third time that she's written that down for them. And, you know, I understand their need to, you know, close the books and all that kind of jazz, but, but, you know, advocate for yourself. And it's not, um, it's not a bad thing to ask for things in writing. You need that. You you deserve that. Absolutely. So instead of these mistakes, yes. what are some of the things that people can do instead? Instead of these things? Well, so I have a four-part conversation recipe that I really recommend my clients use. And this is one of the huge keys to their success, honestly. And the first piece is um, express delight. So, um, you know, again, you don't have to say, I love everything about the offer, but just make sure you're talking to somebody who doesn't know exactly how you're feeling about this. So do tell them, you know, wow, I'm so excited to have the, this offer. I'm glad to know that Nuco uh, feels as good about the match as I do. That's all you need to say. Something, something nice. Just express some delight, right? Because you want to ease into this conversation. Um, so that's the first one, express the light. The second piece is ask questions. And these are questions that, um, that you need to know in order to you know, accept the job, um, but they also sh shouldn't be things that appear in your offer letter materials, right? That's why we want you to spend more than two minutes on your offer letter. Um, but, but ask questions and you can ask things like, um, when am I eligible for my first bonus payout? Because when you ask that, that may, you know, it may be more than 12 months and you may need to um, negotiate an extra sign-on bonus or something like that. So ask probably two or three questions. Don't make it a laundry list of every single thing that you can think of to ask, but these should be, you know, pretty easy for the recruiter or the hiring manager to answer. Um, and they should be material to your negotiation. So you, you know, express delight, ask your questions. And then the third thing is make your requests. Now, this is something that people want to just dive into right away. But I found that my clients who actually express delight, ask their questions, and then move in to the request phase, do better in their negotiations. And again, 
you know, do this in, um, in a polite but firm way, you know, um, uh, in my research shows that jobs like this are paid between X and Y in the market. I'm targeting the higher end of that based on my experience. How close can we get, right? So that's the kind of thing that uh, I want everybody to do when they're making their requests. So you express the light, ask your questions. The third thing, make your requests. The fourth piece is kind of like a, a two-parter. Um, the first thing is you want to uh, end on an up note. So again, you know, this goes to the collaboration piece we were talking before. Um, and you want to really thank your recruiter or your hiring manager for helping you. Most likely what, what's going to happen when you negotiate is that the um, person you're negotiating with won't be able to answer you right on the spot, which is great. You want them to go back and ask you know, their manager or ask the leadership or whatever to see what they can do to accommodate your requests. You know, again, just because they go away doesn't mean they're going to come back with more, but that's a great outcome. So, you know, ask, make sure you, you let your recruiter know that, you know, wow, thank you so much for all you're doing to help me uh, get this offer um, tied up here. You know, I really appreciate all of the help that you're giving me. Um, and, you can also express some confidence. I'm confident we're going to uh, we're going to be able to find a solution that works for both of us. You know, again, you're not like, you know, dive bombing them and saying, "Hey, this is what I want," and if you can give it to me, then maybe I'll say yes. Um, but if you can't, then I'm running away. You know, you're doing it in a collaborative way. Again, business transaction, right? So, end on an up note. And the last piece is make sure that you know when you're gonna follow up with this person. So if they're going away to get more information and coming back to you, um, they may say, oh, well, I will call you next Tuesday. Um, and you know, once I've had a chance to talk to the manager, more likely they will not give you a specific date because they don't wanna be tied down necessarily to a specific date, but you need to tie them down, do that. Um, and you, you can do that by saying something like, hey, um, you know, I know you're going to need a couple of days to, to wrap this up. Um, how about we touch base on Tuesday? Would that work? Would you have the information by then? And they may say, oh, well, maybe I won't have it then, but I should probably have it on Thursday. Great. Thursday morning, it looks really clear on my calendar. How about I give you a call at nine o'clock on Thursday? You know, again, you're being proactive. You're showing who you are as a leader, but you're also tying the time down for yourself. So you don't, you know, hang up and go on Tuesday, you're like, oh gosh, I don't know. Why haven't they called me? It's because they don't like me and all these, you know, terrible things that people do when they're thinking about salary negotiation. And I will tell you, this time between the, the time that you make your requests and you get an answer, that's the hardest time for candidates. It's the most emotionally fraught time because they're like oh god did i do it badly did i do it okay will they call that. me i hope right. they call me right right and so it's it's really hard so you know tie them down to a to a date and offer to call them and oh ps and by the way do that if you say you're going to call them on thursday at nine o'clock you call them thursday at nine o'clock um but but really using this this recipe express delight ask questions, make requests, and end on an up note. This is really going to help you out a ton. And I got to tell you, Kate, this is fabulous stuff. 
Absolutely fabulous. How can people find out more about you and the work that you do? Well, um, my website is Kate Dixon, K-A-T-E-D-I-X-O-N.org. And um, I also have a book on uh, that's available at all major bookstores, Pay Up. It has all these things in it. Thank you so much. Um, and, uh, I, and I also have a new online course um, that really walks you through this whole process and gives you a bunch of worksheets and stuff. So, and then, you know, if you want to work with me directly, there's information on my website about how to do that. So that's today's show. I hope you found it helpful. And if you did, I've got a lot that's in the show notes that will help you go there, take a look at some of the things I highlight I know it can help you with your search, but I want you to do one thing for me. And that is put in your phone, thebiggamehunter.us, Jeff Alpin, my name. And when you need help, when you need advice, when you have a question, come over to the website, go exploring in the blog, contact me for coaching or because you have a question, I'd love to help you. In the meantime, I hope you have a terrific day, and most importantly, be great!